Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. To make a real difference in the world. Today's episode is a powerful one, and I am fortunate to participate in this important discussion. I think there is no way to express how tumultuous 2020 has been that hasn't already been said a million times by this point. The United States and the world at large continue to grapple with enormous problems, ranging from the COVID-19 pandemic to economic recessions to climate change. But one issue that really ties into all of those when you look into it, and frankly has for centuries, has been the need for racial justice. In the United States, the stories of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Eric Garner, and so many more have prompted crowds to protest in the streets and call for systemic change. And it's not that the underlying issues of systemic racism are new. In fact, what makes them systemic is that these issues are woven into the policies and social structures of the United States. Rather, it is that they are undeniable, and we have a responsibility to address that. To that end, 
Within IBM, a group of employees began to formulate a means to lean on the company's enormous spectrum of technologies toward the goal of attaining true racial justice. The company's history of programs and initiatives that aimed to make the world a better place served as a sort of launching ground for the call for code for racial justice. Today, you'll hear a conversation I had with three important members of that initiative. Dale Davis-Jones is a vice president and distinguished engineer at IBM and a leader of IBM's GTS architect community. Lisa Banks is a distinguished engineer working within the CTO office of the IBM Cloud Engagement Hub. And Brittany Lonesome is a creative architect with a deep experience in cloud systems. Listen to their stories and how they and other IBMers were able to take the incredible emotional response to the racial justice crisis and turn it into actions that anyone can contribute to. We have a lot to cover today. We've got a really big and important topic. But before we jump into that, I would love to get a little more information about my guests today and to learn about your professional background and what brought you into the jobs that you you currently hold and what you find exciting about it and why it matters to you and really to the whole world. But let's start with you, Dale. Can you tell me a little bit about what it is you do and how you got to where you are today? Okay, so uh, hi, I'm Dale Davis-Jones and um, I'm in the global technology services part of um, IBM where we serve more than 4,000 clients in transforming uh, their IT infrastructure, which means we look at uh, what they're doing to run the infrastructure to ensure that they are continuously evolving to meet the needs of the world today. And we help them on that journey with cloud, with AI, with automation. For, for those of us who are not in IT, um, you go to the store and you know the air condition works in your grocery, the food is, um, is, 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 is not tainted. Uh, the hospitals are running uh, with the right systems and the patient records are in order. And um, I lead the architects who work with clients on these engagements. And I'm also the global leader for the architect team. My background really briefly is undergrad. I was um, a math major with a minor in computer science. Um, I, I did graduate school in, um, in systems um, and uh, controls. And I've had, uh, I would say, a checkered career at IBM in that I have had many roles in many different parts of the business from the mainframe organization to consulting technology services and a still in corporate um, headquarters. Um, as someone from a small island, which is Trinidad and Tobago, it's really exciting to me to get up and know in a given day I can be talking to clients and IBMers in um, you know almost any country in the world. Yeah, Lisa, can I hear a little bit about you? Sure, absolutely. So I am a computer engineer and mathematician by degree. I've reinvented myself several times uh, throughout my career in IBM. I started as a mainframe developer. I've worked in corporate technical strategy, where I had the privilege to meet and work with Dale, as a matter of fact. And one thing she did not tell you about her professional background is that she's actually the first Black female distinguished engineer in IBM. Uh, she saw something in me, put her arm around me, 
mentored me. And I, I'm very happy to say that with her support, I became the second Black female distinguished engineer in IBM. Uh, but as I mentioned, I've, I've reinvented myself several times. So like I said, starting in mainframe uh, development, moving on to corporate technical strategy. I've worked as a industry solutions architect um, in cloud for IBM. I've helped IBM with several acquisitions, uh, including Ustream, clearly the weather company, and helped define a, a new business unit um, around those acquisitions uh, within IBM. I've worked with teams to do DevOps transformations um, to adopt cloud technologies and architectures for legacy applications. You know, right now I am on a team called our Cloud Engagement Hub, uh, where we guide and advise IBM's top clients on their journey to cloud, um, making sure that we're able to help them rethink, re-engineer, reimagine their legacy application portfolios uh, to leverage and take advantage of the values of some of the newer technologies that are out now. And I focus primarily right now on mainframe modernization and how we can bring a cloud-native developer experience uh, to the mainframe. So it's really exciting to have a, a job that fuses both my my you know, base fundamental experience in IBM and all of the newer things I've learned in some of my more recent roles. Wonderful. And Brittany, please, I would love to hear about your background as well. Sure, sure. I, I, I wish I could say I was the, I was the third uh, Black female to be here, but <laughs> not the case. We're very, very honored and happy to be, you know, to have worked with and in a company of, of, of Dale and Lisa. Um, I'm a, I'm a, chemical engineer uh, by trade, actually, and I joined um, IBM after getting my uh, tech MBA from Johns Hopkins. Um, I came in through the IBM Summit uh, sales, sales organization, um, so I was a client-facing architect um, for, for essentially most of my career. I started with the CAMS uh, portfolio kind of back when it was cloud analytics, mobile, social security. Um, and then moved um, solely into the cloud organization for um, the last uh, six years um, of, of my career. So I help clients with their cloud strategy and adopting cloud and being successful on the cloud in their organizations. Um, Lisa and I actually did cross paths very briefly. Um, I think it was about five years ago when I was working on a um, first of a kind project with IBM Research. Um, it was a, it was a, a, a high GPU streaming cloud platform for, for various use cases and in the gaming and um, healthcare and some, and some other industries. So, yeah, I'm just really excited, happy to be here. Um, and what excites me about IBM as well is the, just the, the, the flexibility and, and control that I've essentially had over, over, over my career. I, I was able to, in previous roles, kind of create my own roles well within IBM. So, um, that's that's really what made me choose not being over other over, over other companies before was just just being able to be in the driver's seat of of, of your experience here, just like um, intervention. My next question is one I, I feel like the importance uh, is sort of evident on the face of it, but I feel that th this is one we need to address. So, in your own words, can you explain 
why, since we're talking about call for code for racial justice, why everyone should care about racial justice? Why is this an issue for everybody? When you ask the question, why does it matter to everyone? I think we've, I think the first thing is to understand what we mean when we say racial justice um, and what I have learned and read and believe is that racial justice is a systemic and um, systemically fair treatment of people of any and all races that results in equal and equitable opportunities for all people, as well as outcomes for them. And I think if we are clear on that, then it is not about black versus white or um, other, you know, any race, you know, versus another, but it is a systemic fair treatment of all people. And if you think of this as we're all humans living in a, a civilized society, then it is incumbent on any human who wants to preserve um, a civil, civilized society to understand that injustice for any race takes a toll on the society. Um, it leads to unrest. <laughs> it affects um, everything that we hold dear as human beings, a right to life, to, to quality of life, a, 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 a right to good health, a, a right to justice and fair treatment, a right to education, a right to vote. And once you introduce whether, you know, um, racism and racial bias into a system, you, 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 you create an imbalance that really damages the fabric of how the, that entire society functions and creates a, uh, an environment where it is not possible for anyone who is a civilized human being to function um, the way that they need to. And, and, and there's one other thing, right? It's not just a matter of not discriminating and not um, you know, promoting inequities. It's also being deliberate and ensuring that we support others and each other as human beings to achieve a sustained level of racial equity, um, to achieve the rights that a civilized society expects um, as a human being. And when we get rid of that, when we devalue or we don't value each other as human beings equally, we create an instability that has a long lasting impact on our health, our safety, our well-being as human beings. That's my view. Well, I, I think that's a good segue for us to talk about Call for Code for Racial Justice. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and uh, how, it even, how it even came to be and how each of you became involved with this project? So um, that week of the George Floyd inner protests, um, which again came about via video, um, that, that's when the conversations really, you know, started to come, to come into the workplace, you know, finally after, after many, many years. And so the way I got involved in, 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 the, in the project that, that first week, um, we, you know, we had a lot of, uh, town hall, dis town hall discussions, ask me anything, um, just various dis discussions across 
I'll be with Black communities, allied communities, um, not just in the U.S., but, but literally across the world. And, um, and, and as part of those discussions, um, you know, the Black community asked for, uh, you know, a call for code, you know, an initiative um, to apply technology. Can, can we, you know, put our, our heads together, our expertise together to, 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 um, to, to apply technology to this issue? So, um, Indu Amuche, who's also um, one of our leaders for this initiative, um, I worked with him on the on the cloud advisor um, team. So he, he called myself, uh, Lisa Dale, um, and asked us to be, you know, a, a part of this initiative and just and to, and to build it and, and to build us into what you know the, the program is today. So when he called, it 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 was a no it was a no brainer. That wasn't even a thought. It was like, of course, this is a lived experience. We're, we're black in the office. We're black outside of it. So it, it was something we couldn't we could couldn't pass. You know, Brittany's right, right? I, I feel there there was a sense of, of anger, of pain, of frustration, of just just so much emotion, right, from the Black IBM community in the wake of, of recent events. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, countless others. Things kind of came to a head, and the Black community spoke up, and IBM listened. You know, and and I have to stop and say that I'm incredibly proud of what IBM's response has been. Within two weeks of George Floyd's murder, IBM was taking action and responding. They were listening. There were a series of town halls, of small round tables, fireside chats, discussions in in team meetings, in Slack, in email, IBM wanted to understand and the Black community spoke up. And IBM heard the pain. IBM listened to the frustrations. We took all of that information, all of that feedback, and we synthesized it. And when I say we, I mean a group of Black IBMers uh, in concert, uh, you know, with the you know senior executive sponsor of the Black community and IBM, we we worked together. We synthesized it. We, we used design thinking to really understand what are the common themes, the common threads, and we, we found some. Right, I think we found maybe you know Brittany can keep me honest here. She's been in this since the start with me. Um, you know, several themes, maybe 10, 15 different common central themes around systemic racism in our society and how we wanted to combat those. Uh, we distilled them down. We put them to a vote to the Black community and IBM and said, look, we listened, we heard, let us play back to you what we heard. Are these the right things? Are these the the activities, the initiatives that matter to you? Are these the problems you want to see us as an IBM community as a whole tackle? And we put them to a vote because we know that we can't do everything as much as we might want to. But if we bring focus to a few things that we can move the needle, we can apply our technology, our best and brightest to try to solve some subset of the problems that we face as a society. Uh, we put them to a vote. 
they voted. And those are the three themes that we have uh, externalized as part of Call for Code for Racial Justice. Uh, Diverse representation, uh, police and judicial reform, and policy and legislation reform. Dale, you want to share yours? As Lisa and Brittany shared, Andu Amuche, um, IBM fellow, pulled me into uh, our Call for Code challenge team. And I started to say, wow, I have, you know, this other project I'm running, this other initiative, and it's it's broader than just IBM. And then I, I, I had a really hard talking to with myself and said, IBM is listening, as Lisa said, right? Um, we have IBM's attention. The world is looking for help. The U.S. is looking for help. I could either choose my choose to lose sleep over the fear I'm feeling, the frustration I'm feeling, or I can channel my energy, right, um, and my waking hours to doing something. So I said, okay, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to help. And it worked out that Andu had some challenges that um, took him away from this right at the end of August. And I ended up um, having to manage both of these. But Jonathan, I will tell you this, right? Um, I, I said at the beginning that one of the best things in IBM is waking up every morning and knowing I can talk to people in many countries of the world and clients. But one of the things I didn't say is that the people in IBM from all walks of life came together to help me and Endu and Lisa with both of those initiatives, right? I have a team of 60 people who have been working with me on the IT language initiative. And the passion and the drive is unbelievable that they bring to the table, all volunteering to help. We have more than 500 people from IBM plus Red Hat who have come together to work on the Call for Code initiative. And for me, it was cathartic. It felt like I, I was able to do something. I I was I was going around, I would almost say in a daze, and I turned on my, my, my turned my emotions on and off for survival. And we got people from you know all ages, right? Um, all different parts of the company, all different kinds of skills coming together to build this out for I think was cathartic for all of us. And it helped us to channel what we're doing, what what our frustration, our numbness, our exhaustion, um, and our fear. But I will say for me, Call for Code really helped me to feel that I could contribute in a tangible way and bring others along. And everyone who's been working with us on this has been really touched by the power of our technology, the support of our leadership, Bob Lord, Arvind Krishna, our CEO, to create a space for us to make this happen. And I know it's a long answer, but I really wanted you to understand, you know, what what it meant for me, right? Because I was shutting down, literally shutting down and, and, and operating in, you know, sort of an automatic mode just for, you know, my, my personal and mental and emotional survival and Call for Code for Racial Justice allowed me to feel and then channel those feelings into helping the team. I'm really, really 
incredibly impressed uh, with what I'm hearing, not just by, you know, knowing that this is such a critical uh, topic in the first place. I mean, that's the fact that we have IBMers dedicating precious time to really tackling this that really speaks to how critical an issue it is. It also speaks highly of the character of you and all the other IBMers who have uh, participated in the call for code for racial justice. And uh, I'm I'm humbled again to be part of this conversation. Can you talk a little bit about some of the actual work that you have created with Call for Code for Racial Justice so far? Sure. So as, as Lisa mentioned in, in the beginning of the podcast, we, we synthesized um, you know, input from the Black communities down to three themes, and they're police and judicial reform and accountability, policy and legislative reform, and um, diverse representation. So for police and ju- judicial reform, so we're looking at how can we use technology um, to better analyze real-world data, um, provide insights, and make recommendations that will drive racial equality and reform across criminal justice and, and, and public safety. For policy and legislation reform, it's the, the question is how can we use technology to analyze, inform, and develop policy to reform the workplace, you know, products, public safety, just uh, legislation and, and society at large. And then for diverse representation, we're looking at the prevention, detection, and the remediation of bias and misrepresentation in the workplace, um, products and society. And like we've been saying before, you know, for, for corporations and for the, you know, for the, for the world to succeed, it's critical to have black representation at, at every level. Um, so within the uh, police and judicial reform theme, where we're going to release a couple of solutions. Uh, one looks at the capabilities for contribution, management, and analysis of categories of trusted information about incidents for both the police and their stakeholders. So for police and judicial reform and accountability, one solution um, is is a web app that allows a defense attorney or public defender to um, upload information about a a case and and their defendant. And we'll we'll send this data to a bias detection engine. And using the results from that, uh, we can create a report outlining possible charges, uh, the range of possible sentence for each charge, um, evidence of past bias, um, and de-bias recommendations for plea bargaining and sentencing. So again, the, the, how can we um, transform the process when someone is going to trial? We also have a, another solution that, that predicts how likely um, a charge of sentence, uh, sentencing will be very different if the convicted person was of a different race. Third solution for police and judicial reform is a content management application that will allow civilians to contribute uh, statements of, and evidence to police incident reports and create a tamper-proof record with all accounts um, of the incident. For policy and legislative reform, we have a web application to enable and empower Black people to exercise their right to vote by ensuring that their voice is heard. It's a, it's a virtual one-stop shop for Black voters to assist them um, with all of their, their voting needs. And another solution for policy and legislative reform is a web based application to help advocates find legislation of interest based on the advocates' preferences for impact areas and geographical location. Um, And finally, uh, we have a platform um, that's capable of storing curated 
PR and L information as determined by the community. It provides a mobile-friendly way for users to examine that information, increasing their legal awareness, um, and to allow them to communicate their reactions and thoughts via the recording of video testimonials um, to be shared with the community and the people responsible for the creation of that. And for diverse representation, um, I'll turn it over to Dale to talk about the work that we're doing there. So diverse representation um, is a theme that really cuts across um, all of the three themes. And if you think about racial injustice and bias, um, if you don't have a society that um, is diverse and uh, those uh, and and you don't have a way of eliminating both explicit and implicit bias from your society, then you run into uh, some of the challenges we see where policy and legislative reform or police um, legislation and reform accountability isn't um, isn't performed in an equitable way. So for the, but for the diverse representation solution, what we really are focused on is providing a means for us to detect bias in content that promotes negative stereotypes about the black community, that um, promotes um, both in an overt and a subtle way, uh, racial language and themes that continue to reinforce the perception of one race, um, in this case, Blacks, as lesser than or of less value than uh, another race or other races, and also to provide a way for the community to come together to work on this issue, which is a lot less, um, a, a lot diff more difficult to tackle than overt racism in many ways, because it gets into the um, language we've accepted as part of the norm for a very long time. Can people get involved and build upon the work that you are doing with Call for Code for Racial Justice? So we will be announcing the solutions next week. Um, we have a Call for Code for um, Racial Justice site where if you are a developer, you can register you can get involved. Um, you can start contributing code ideas. Um, uh, if you are a an NGO or a private sector company or other interested community entities uh, like community governments, you can um, engage and share that you are interested in partnering with us, maybe as a tester, maybe as an end user or deployer, or someone who wants to take what we're doing and build a community around it to implement with their own developers. So we have created a site. These solutions will be featured on those on, on our websites um, under IBM Developer Call for Code um, for Racial Justice. And um, we will be rolling these solutions out and any developer 
or or um, par- ecosystem partner can join us um, to be part of the journey of taking these solutions and bringing them to our communities in America and in the world. And um, they, all they have to do is click on a link and sign up. And if they'd like to go learn about it at all things open in the inclusive in, in the inclusion and diversity um, uh, uh, tracks, they can um, they can hear Endu talk about those solutions in a number of sessions. Uh, Lisa or, or Brittany, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add. Yeah, I just wanted to add one thing, which is partly, you know, why it's so important that we've open source these these starter kits, these solutions, and also how people can get involved, right? Yes, this is technology, but you don't just have to be a developer, right? I, I think the, the 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 net of it really comes down to the fact that, you know, I, I think I mentioned this before, you know, we want to address the community, we want to apply you know, technical know-how as well. And so that's really the, the, the premise around open sourcing these, right? Is we know, we recognize that there is a diverse representation issue in the tech industry. Um, and I think by open sourcing these, it allows us to open the aperture and get a broader uh, set of contributors working with us, whether it's developers, whether it's people in the community who want to make a difference, who have an idea or see a problem that they think technology can help solve. And so I think, you know, open sourcing this really helps us to bring all different types of skill sets, all different, different types of um, people together to really form a community and, you know, for folks to get involved, please don't think that you have to be a developer, that you have to be a coder. You know, there's room for everyone uh, and, and all types of skills uh, to participate in, in, in Call for Code for Racial Justice. I, it's hard for me to put into words how inspirational I have found this conversation. You look at a problem as enormous as, uh, the addressing injustice, racial injustice. And I think for a lot of people, the first reaction is this problem is too big for me to do anything that will make any difference. And I think that this initiative proves that wrong. And it gives people that opportunity and that hope that I think a lot of people are really searching for right now. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you all so much, not just for being on the show, but for doing this incredible work and and for opening up the doors for other people to be a part of it and to make the world a better place. It is a truly phenomenal story, and I am so thankful that I get to be one of the people to tell it. No, thank you so much for having us, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, really appreciate this opportunity. Yes, thank you. I have covered the tech industry for more than 10 years. In that time, I've talked about topics ranging from inconsequential to critically important issues. Racial justice clearly belongs in that second category. And I mean it when I say it is a problem so large, so deeply ingrained in the systems that run our society, that it was really hard for me to get a feel for what the average person, like myself, could do in response to it. 
The call for code for racial justice is a great example of how anyone, whether they are a developer or not, can get involved to make real-world change happen. The work that comes out of this project will help address wrongs that have been part of our world for far too long. And in the end, righting those wrongs will help everyone. Systemic racism really does harm everyone within a society. And when there is real justice that is equitable across the board, we all benefit. To get involved, please visit developer.ibm.com slash callforcode slash racial dash justice. You don't need to be a developer to be a part of this. You just need to have the desire to make the world a more just and a better place. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 